try to give a certain care to the way I describe meditation practice because I know very much from my own experience how we can make up strange ideas about uh, what we think should be happening, trying to kind of bend our mind in a certain direction, having ideas uh, of what kind of mind state we should have, as if there is some particular state to attain. Having some ideas that thoughts somehow should disappear and then when they don't, finding ourselves kind of making, thinking into the enemy in some way. Struggling with our own mind in conflict with our experience rather than extending this kind of open curious, intimate, welcome, actually, to our experience. The way I've been describing the practice that we're doing is as a kind of, as an embodied or embellied attention. And as using just the simple, natural, immediate sensations of body sitting, body breathing, as a way to uh, train the attention, as a way to establish this ground of awareness. Some of you may be focusing particularly just on the rhythm and movement of the breath, expansion of the in-breath relaxation of the out-breath, still point between breaths. Others of you um, may be just focusing on just the sort of the direct feel of body sitting here, however that is. Maybe the density of sensations in the lower body that stand out weight on the floor. Maybe just the, the kind of fizz of sensations, of just the natural aliveness of things. Whether we use breath or whether we use body, it doesn't much matter. Right? The object of meditation, the point of focus, is secondary. And I think that's very important to remember that it's secondary because our tendency of mind generally is to fixate on objects. We've been exploring how we tend to fixate on the various objects of desire, what we like and don't like, the way we tend to fixate on the various views, the way we fixate on self-concern. And when we come to meditation practice, we easily bring that same fixating tendency, except now we're fixating on breath, fixating on body. So what's the difference between fixating 
on breath and body. And meditating on breath and body. The primary uh, focus of our practice is establishing this ground of presence using the natural immediate quality of awareness like we've said awareness is already here maybe you've forgotten we tend to forget easily and often but as soon as I say that right oh awareness is already here we remember oh yeah so it is And we're training the capacity to um, have this immediate, wakeful, ever-present awareness be obvious to us in a kind of sustained way. Not just sustained throughout meditation, but sustained actually throughout the whole day. To have it be obvious in a sustained enough way that we start to have some real access to knowing, seeing, exploring our experience directly. That's the primary focus of our practice. And then, as a way to help make that access, as a way to help have awareness be obvious, in that kind of sustained way, we use a particular focus for our attention, breath or body. Why breath and body? Just because they're ordinary. Just because it's always findable. You can all, breath and bodily sensation is always going on in your experience. Because breath and body aren't complicated, aren't conceptual, they're immediate visceral so on the one hand a helpful reminder maybe not to fixate on breath and body that means we don't need to be thinking about the sensations we don't need an image or an idea or a story of breath and even though those things may arise they can just be let in the background like any other thoughts might be Also, not to fixate in terms of um, measuring your practice, as if success depends on being just in contact with breath for some long time. The object of our attention, breath and body, serve like a mirror to reflect back to us this immediate, ever-present awareness. And so, in that light, the fact that your attention may get caught up here and there quite a lot, the fact that that most of the moments of awareness are moments of noticing that you haven't been aware for some time, that's not a problem. That's actually the kind of the evidence of the immediacy, the potency, 
of awareness. That however tied up one gets in one's own little dramas and fantasies and memories and anxieties and stories and reactivities, sooner or later the immediacy of things reasserts itself. Sooner or later life's immediacy will remind you that that was just a dream, a bubble, uh, an abstraction. And so those moments are moments, important moments, moments of great possibility. Unfortunately, our tendency to fixate means that often when that moment of awakening comes along, that moment of great possibility, it's very quickly hijacked by like we've been saying, the concern. Where did I go? How long did I go there for? Why did I go there? What's the matter with me? What does it mean about me as a meditator? And then, of course, that's just the beginning of the next bubble. So, helpful to really pay attention to the moments when life wakes you up to whatever delirium or daydream you've been off in. So on the one hand, like I say, the object of our attention, breath and body, is secondary. And yet on the other hand, we can really use these objects of meditation to actually train a certain brightness of awareness, a certain stability of awareness. We can use these objects to actually uh, train ourselves in such a way that uh, things clarify and quieten. And that the that our mind becomes more available to us, that our experience becomes more available, that our body I don't really mean this physical lump, right? But that the kind of the aliveness of physical experience becomes more available to us, more transparent. We start to notice greater degrees of subtlety of our experience. Time slows down. Space opens up. Life and experience begin to feel rather spacious, rather available, rather yielding to uh, the penetrating gaze of mindful attention. And there's a few there's a few ways in which you might attend to the object of your meditation, to breath and body, so as to kind of optimize that training. One of those ways we already spoke about, using the natural qualities in the breath. Really using it. And I don't mean sometimes when we try to do this, we tend to kind of over-breathe to try and feel the qualities more. But no, no, just natural breath. But to feel the way the in-breath is naturally expansive, enlivening, energizing. 
And to feel that quality can have a kind of activating effect on your attention. Expanding in-breath, expanding more fully into being present. Letting awareness kind of expand more, more into this being here, this sitting here, this feeling here. And then using the natural relaxation of the outbreath, particularly if there's some agitation or restlessness, along with each outbreath, letting yourself really feel a certain softening. It's like a, an, a lesson in letting go. Every outbreath is a letting go. And often, whatever thought form or abstraction may have started to form itself on the in-breath can just be left to dissolve into the out-breath. And then really attending to that still point at the end of the out-breath. It may be very, very brief. You may find that sometimes it extends. You may find sometimes it lasts so long, because as I say, when there's a subtlety of attention, time slows down, space opens up. Sometimes it may feel like an a near eternity. But rest assured, in breath will come. Until one day it won't. But chances are, in breath will come. Another way of attending skillfully to the breath is to uh, let your attention have a, a flavour of being both complete and continuous. So what does that mean? Complete attention. It means you're really giving a, a very wholehearted attention. Sometimes, especially actually, if we have some history of practice, and we can sort of rely on a certain degree of samadhi or focus. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm aware of breath. And we sort of touch in on the in-breath. Yep, I'm still present. So then it's as if I can use the rest of the in-breath to just wander just a little bit. And then, oh, here's an out-breath. Yep, there's an out-breath, still present. And we're giving a kind of partial attention. So very helpful to see what does it mean to give a complete attention, a wholehearted attention. Complete and continuous Continuous means actually tracking the beginning and the middle and the end of an in-breath. The beginning, the middle and end of the out-breath. The tracking, that duration of the still point between breaths. It doesn't mean, that's why I say I try to take care in describing meditation because of the tendency to generate kind of unhelpful views. It doesn't mean, when I say complete and continuous attention, that your attention therefore should be complete and continuous. It's a training. It's a practice. 
So it may be that attention doesn't feel very complete or very continuous for very long. But the intention to give wholehearted attention, the intention to be right there moment by moment, the attention to be really fine in how you feel into breath and body. And that intention has a certain goodness and potency to it. That intention starts to build a certain momentum of practice that may be more powerful actually than you initially realize. Breath is probably the most commonly given meditation object. But for some people, for various reasons, it's not a particularly suitable object. I had quite uh, severe asthma when I was a child. And when I first started meditating, the kind of the residue of early difficult asthmatic experiences made just the sensing into breathing kind of generated some fear and anxiety. And while ultimately that was very, very helpful, it enabled me really to see a lot about why I had asthma, actually, and, and what was keeping that going, and allowed it to, uh, a lot of change to happen in my chest area energetically and my whole breathing apparatus. It also meant that it was, it was a difficult object for some time. Sometimes people have a history of various things. I know sometimes people who have nearly drowned, for example, or have been nearly choked by smoke fumes, for example, where there may be some kind of traumatic residue associated with breathing. For others, it's just that there's no particular traumatic residue, but the tendency, which we all have, the tendency to control experience. You know the way we accuse each other sometimes of being a control freak? It always surprises me. Because we're all control freaks. Right? I don't see that it's one more than another. When we look, we all get, can easily get quite invested in trying to control our experience. And for some of us that shows up just with breath. We just can't leave it alone. And we start to fixate on breath, how long it is, how short it is. Some strange idea we have that there's a right way we ought to breathe. And then, well, where's the end of the out-breath? Is it, there, 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 a bit more. There. And so if we get very, if we find ourselves getting very caught up in controlling and overthinking breath, that also can be a reason just to leave it alone a little and just use the natural, the the feel of your sitting posture. Same, same qualities really as the breath, natural, immediate, non-conceptually available to experience. And a few things that can be helpful there. One I, was, I mentioned just now, just the sensing the stability of body sitting. And Really sensing that the kind of that density of sensations in your lower body. 
It can have, in the same way as I was describing with the qualities of the breath, it can have an activating effect on awareness. Stable posture. Steady awareness. Also very helpful in, in sitting meditation to sit in such a way that you can be upright. And it's maybe some adjustment for that if you have a his, uh, some particular injury or a kind of a, an ongoing back condition or something. But generally to sit in a way that's upright, helpful to kind of roll your hips forward a little bit so your bum sticks out and there's a little bit of a curve in your lower back. And sometimes helpful even just to exaggerate that a little bit at first and then relax it. And actually letting yourself sit with the uprightness of your posture, feeling it from the inside, feeling the kind of the space between your vertebrae. Also has an activating effect on awareness, activating a quality of brightness, clarity. If you're on a chair, very helpful to have your feet kind of flat planted on the floor for that sense of stability. Very helpful to sit away from the back of the chair as a support for that quality of brightness, uprightness. Also helpful to have your posture be open means in your chest and shoulders particularly. Just rolling your shoulders back a little sometimes. You can feel the way that brings space into your chest. And again, you might exaggerate it a little bit and then just let your shoulders soften. Activate a certain quality of receptivity. A feeling of a kind of undefended chest area, an undefended heart. A willingness to really meet what arises. And then also helpful to just let your posture be, having said all that, to having, let it be easeful. To rest into sitting here. Maybe many times, maybe actually with each outbreath, just letting that softening allow you to settle a little more fully. And maybe just a relaxing around your eyes. And then when you notice that you've gotten caught up in some other thought stream, oh, eyes are tense again and softening again. And that willingness to, and capacity to just soften and soften activates a quality of gentleness a sense of actually caring for your experience allowing your experience letting awareness embrace your experience
So there's these various elements of breath and body that we can attend to in skillful ways. And at the same time, more primary than any particular technique, the ground of meditation. This knowing that's right here. This awareness that's always available. This intimacy with life wherein sensations and sounds, thoughts and images are all coming and going. So, it's in this spirit and we sit together.
gathering your attention down in your belly, down below your navel, down in the womb of your being. Seeing how you can give complete and continuous attention to this moment, to this breath. other elements of experience to just take care of themselves. Stabilizing your attention by absorbing it into the experience of this breathing body. Just like this.
in those moments when life's immediacy shows you how you've been caught in some abstraction. When the clouds of some thought stream dissolve and the sunlight of awareness reveals itself. And there's nothing to do. Awareness is here. Experience is here. Just let yourself feel the natural intimacy between awareness and experience. Letting yourself settle into that immediate intimacy. in contact with this breathing body. Just like this.
and in these last moments of the sitting, just letting the field of your attention widen, opening up from belly to just include the whole field of physical sensation. A whole sense of body, however big or small that seems, however far the, the feeling of sensation seems to extend. Including the sounds around you. And as the sphere of your attention widens, as you let go of the specific focus on breath and belly, and then as the meditation ends and you hear the bell and adjust your posture and open your eyes, just see that even as the sphere of attention widens, if the sense of presence contact can be sustained so that even as the formality of meditation ends the continuity of practice remains Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.